Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Going to be talking about how to deal with relational betrayal. And uh, I mean that in the broadest, widest sense possible. I think when we talk about betrayal, people immediately go to what is often culturally deemed to be the ultimate most damaging form of betrayal infidelity and cheating but this is going to be any form of a breaking of trust or sense of um you not being there for me which is going to be the global question we're kind of centering all of this around so it's a little bit of a show for everyone because as difficult as it, it is to say this and acknowledge this in the course of our lives and all the different relationships we're a part of we're going to let people down over and over and over and over again, we're going to do that and others are going to do that. So that's the most um, honest entry point is recognizing we all have the capacity to do this. And the work is always about deciding, hey, is this person someone that I can still have in my life? And how we go through this process really determines that. I mean, that's something I remind everyone if I have to give someone an off-the-cuff answer is I say, hey, how, how someone deals with the acknowledgement or being called out for having you know caused harm, the way they deal with that, show up to that, really determines whether or not they're safe to be in our lives. I did another show um, last week. So if you want to check it out, go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. And I was talking a lot about this concept of workability, which I think is a really meaningful one for anyone who's considering whether or not someone's a right match for them as a friend, um, partner. And also when they're deciding whether or not they want to stay in a relationship is how workable is this person? How workable is this relationship? Which basically means what I just said, which is when they are, you know, when something is brought to their attention, when a request for behavior change is made or a betrayal occurred or whatever it is, how workable they present around, you know, themselves and the issue is going to determine how healthy they are to be in our lives. I was doing a lot of research over the weekend. So I want to try to stay on point because I always get so geeked out and excited on these topics because it's, it's my passion. It's my work, my work with quotes, you know, my work on the planet, but I was, I was doing some deep diving into, um, a, a, a side project that I'm always working on because the, the, um, the research, the science, the theory is always growing. It's stunning, stunning stuff, but it's basically the work of interpersonal relationships, right? So it's looking at um, how much we impact each other. 
but really looking at it on a nervous system deeper level. And we're talking about all these different entry points. We're talking about interpersonal neurobiology. We're talking about uh, sociology and social psychology. So we're talking about social contagion theory and co-regulation and co-presence. We're talking about uh, limbic resonance. And then we're stepping outside of the psychological and we're looking at mirror neurons and Hebb's law and all these different things actually parallel and say the same thing, which is we impact each other but we're starting to understand how much so. The research is helping us learn that just co-presence, meaning just being in proximity to someone, has an impact on their blood pressure, on their heart rate, and that we are that infected by the experience of those around us, that we do, we are impacted by other people's thought processes, their emotions, we can pick up on it and we can help regulate that. So there's the beneficial piece, but then there's the negative piece. We, we internalize others. We are impacted by the emotional state of those around us, which is also why I'm an advocate for children needing to be in safe environments, not necessarily needing to be with two parents, and that if a marriage is toxic, children are going to internalize that. Just when we are standing in the presence of certain individuals, we will mimic their facial expressions and internalize their own emotional experience. We internalize uh, emotional contagion theory. We internalize the emotions that we are surrounded by. And so children might not hear you're fighting, they might not be aware of the discord, but they are swimming. Their nervous systems and brains are bathe, bathing all day long in the energy of what you are bringing into the room and into their lives. Oh my God, that matters. We, we are built, built of the experiences that are around us. You know, we feel our bodies are built based on the foods we ingest, but our nervous systems and our brains are built on the interpersonal relationships we're a part of and how healthy they are. So the tagline is always, the more research I do on all of this, the more I try to say, get away from toxic people. It is toxic on levels that you don't even realize. So all that to say, it's a very difficult decision when someone's trying to decide whether or not they should be a part of any relationship. But when a betrayal occurs, that's kind of that breaking moment. We have to realize, do I stay? Do I go? Can this person be kept in my life? And it's often that workability. But we're going we're gonna to dive a little bit deeper because there's a lot of different kinds of ways that we can be betrayed or we can betray others. Because it really is this question of, are you there for me? Can I count on you? That, that's the core dependency need that we keep coming back to. And that's what's ruptured when someone betrays us or we betray someone else. Because again, as always on Loveline, we are looking at ourselves as much as we're looking at others. We, we have to look at you know the betrayals that we might generate in someone else's life. So we're gonna talk about that, which means we're gonna be talking about acceptance. We are gonna be talking about trust. We are gonna be talking about forgiveness. So it's a show on trust. It's a show on forgiveness. It's a, it's a show on betrayal. It's a show on interpersonal health. So something everyone can connect to. DMs are always open on our Loveland IG page, questions, topics, but guess what y'all? Stick around, we got more to come. You're listening to A Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, we'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we're back. And if you are a human being living and breathing and moving around on this planet, you've definitely betrayed someone. You've broken someone's trust or they've broken yours. It's something we are consistently doing. So we're talking about... What do we do with it? How do we decide whether or not we should keep this person in our life? And I'm, I'm not talking about cheating and infidelity. That is one of the many different ways we are going to look at betrayal and trust being broken, but there's a multitude of other ways. People are doing it all the time. And um, the core question, the core dependency need that is really being asked and is being assessed when you're going through the healing process and deciding whether or not someone should be a part of your life and what that healing has to look like is, are you there for me? Can I count on you? That's that question. You know, deep, close friendships and relationships of all kinds are ones where we know we can count on you. We want to make sure we're demonstrating that. So let me just kind of throw that out there. Make sure you are showing others. You can count on me. I'm there for you. Consistent, available, reliable, responsive. Those are the core terms that you want to center all the important relationships within. Otherwise, you're letting them know this is casual and they will treat it as such. They will feel it to be as such. Whew, we betray people in a lot of ways. We basically betray someone anytime we put something before our relationship. And again, in more casual relationships, that's understandable. That's kind of how it goes. That's the deal we make. This is casual. Things are going to come before our time together. Other friends, other relationships, hobbies, work. But in more primary relationships, so now we are kind of digging deeper into primary romantic relationships, your partner should come before everything. Yes, that's right. Even before work, even before your hobbies. Yep. That's the deal we make in a, in a secure attached relationship that I can count on you to be there for me. Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to cancel my plans on Friday night with my friends because you decided you want to go to the movies. It doesn't mean we're, we're not allowed to have boundaries. I, I really want to make sure I'm making that clear. We can still both prioritize and be there for someone while also having boundaries and also sometimes saying, Hey, this means a lot to me. I am going to make this what, what I follow through and do on Friday night. And I love you at the same time. So it's not saying we're not allowed to have boundaries. It's not saying we have to move into what some would call, you know, codependent behavior. It's just saying that at, at an emotional level, you acknowledge that this person is the most important person to you. 
and you 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 acknowledge that and you speak to that and it might sound something like hey i made this plan on friday night with my friends and it's really important to me that i follow through i haven't seen them in a while i love you and i can appreciate that it's very disappointing to you that i'm not available to hang out with you and you are my number one let's do something tomorrow we do have to be able to be disappointed and frustrated so i just kind of want to like throw that out there but we are always available consistent reliable and responsive those are the real key terms that doesn't mean we can't sometimes say hey this is going to be my priority in the moment, but we're still available to our primary partner. We're still consistent. We're still responsive. We're letting them know I'm there for you. I'm not going to be going to the movies with you tonight because I had other plans that I'm going to honor, but I'm still there for you. I still care about you. You're still my, my priority. Both can exist. So I want to just kind of like get that caveat and clarifier out of the way. Having said that, otherwise, anytime we put something before someone that has the potential of making them feel betrayed or having trust broken. And that's why I say it on the show all the time. We're no longer making it okay to miss your children's soccer game because you have work or you're going to go play golf. That is a, a breach of trust. That is you telling your child, um, you can't count on me. I'm not there for you. Other things such as work and golf mean more to me than our relationship. That is problematic. And it's understandable for others, adults to say, okay, well, then this isn't a relationship that I can prioritize. And some people that is how their entire marriage or, or primary relationship is run. And it's heartbreaking to see that where they are never important. And they sometimes don't even spend time together. Again, that's a topic for another show. So when a betrayal happens, the main question really does become, am I going to just release this relationship in this individual because of the way that, you know, this is being managed and what occurred occurred, or am I going to restore and reconnect and resolve? And that often becomes the, the, the bigger question that sometimes processed with my patients in therapy. Having said that, because again, friends can betray us or break our trust, the response matters. And maybe that's the only takeaway I want people to have tonight is how you show up, how you clean that up is going to help determine whether or not someone is able to keep you in their life. Uh, but I also want you to know that the way we go about repairing any sense of trust being broken or any sense of betrayal can potentially make the relationship that much better because it's a wake up moment. It's a moment of deciding what was missing, what was wrong and what needs to change and be different. What a beautiful thing. Doesn't have to take hopefully a betrayal of some kind for that to happen, but it can. I've let friends down where I didn't realize that something was important to them or, or I was focused on something else and I didn't show up to their comedy show or I didn't reach out and text them on their birthday. And for them, that was a breach of trust. It was a form of betrayal, which is a really big word to use. I think for something like that, I think we can kind of crank it down, but let's go with it for a second. And the work is about saying, hey, I want, I want to let you know that you are important to me and I'm sorry that that happened. And it reminds me that you are important and I want to continue to make sure you know that and feel that. And so moving forward, I'm going to be better. What a beautiful thing. And then you move forward closer. Um, it can be a very, it can be very, a, a much needed wake up call or the opposite where you realize, yeah, this person isn't important to me or I'm not important to them. And their response really solidifies and confirms that. And so it's something I'm going to move away from. But that's the core question, right? Am I going to release and move on or am I going to repair, reconnect and reintegrate? Um, but what helps us kind of move into that process? Well, I kind of been calling that over, I've been calling that out over and over the empathy piece. That's the first piece, validation and empathy. That's what we're looking for. So if you've broken trust in some form, know that you want to validate the other person's pain. 
you want to be empathetic to the harm you've caused because it's not just about intent. It's also about impact. Your intent might've been to not cause harm. Awesome. But you did. And so you need to take responsibility for the fact that you did. It's not enough to say, but I didn't mean to. Okay. You didn't mean to back your car over me. I get it. So I'm not going to call the police and file and file assault charges, but you did. So why don't you get out of the car and see if I'm okay and ask me if I need anything that's taking accountability for both intent and also the impact. And I've said that to you before, if you spill coffee on someone accidentally, your intent wasn't to do so good to know. I now feel safe around you, but I also want you to deal with the impact by handing me some napkins and saying you're sorry. Stick around. We got more to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're basically talking about how to be a good human being. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I've seen a lot of people try to let themselves off the hook by focusing on intent, but I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean it. Awesome. Good to know. Helps me feel very safe around you and cared for. However, you harmed me. So we do have to deal with that harm. And that accountability is shown with validation and empathy. Yeah, I did that. And I feel bad I did that. Or yes, I did that. And what it communicates to you is really not how I feel or what I'd want to have communicated to you. Let me empathize with that pain and that hurt and tell you how I really feel. Or the opposite. You're right. You don't mean a lot. This is casual. And then we get to decide what to do about it. But that empathy and that validation is what's important. Don't get defensive and don't lean exclusively on intent and what you meant. Because those tend to be the two things that people do, which make the harmed party not feel validated, not feel cared for, not feel empathized with, and not feel safe continuing on. Because people that don't take responsibility aren't safe people to have in our lives. Whether you're, you know, especially if you're a parent, be accountable to your kid. If you cause harm to your child, say you're sorry. Adults should say they are sorry to children. That is how children learn that they have a right <laughs> to be cared for and get to have boundaries. And that's where they learn those skills. You normalize it for them. If you're a boss and you cause harm, say you're sorry. Take accountability. It's important for a boss or anyone in any position of power, a teacher, uh, a police officer, whatever it might be to say, hey, you're right, what I did was wrong, or I see that that hurt you, I'm really sorry, here's what I intended, here's what I'd rather you to think, here's what I'd rather you feel, uh, you know, owning intent, owning impact, letting someone know what you really think and feel, because I've done that before, I've missed someone's birthday, let me use that as an example, because that's something that makes a lot of people feel very sensitive, and, and so it, it, it communicates that you're not important to me, and the people to me that are important, I wanna make sure they know that, and so I would say that in my accountability, and in my validation, I definitely hurt your feelings by forgetting your birthday. And I'm and 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 please don't make that be a communication that you're not important to me. You are, and and how can I make that better? Um, and sometimes without defending, you can clarify and saying, unfortunately, that was a day where this is what occurred, and so that's why I wasn't able to really prioritize you. Because there's a difference between clarifying and defending. Defending is such, is trying to get out of the validation and the accountability. Where clarifying is letting them know, so as to not feel hurt that they still maybe are important to you. Clarification is okay. It's just a very iffy thing to do. And I would kind of bring it in on the back end once someone feels a little better saying, can I clarify as to what was going on? But um, that's what helps someone decide whether or not they're going to stay. And like I was talking about on a show last week, you can check it out by going to wearechannelq.com, scrolling down, looking for love line. I was talking a lot about workability, which is something we need to see to feel safe. Um, but also, as I always say, when you leave a relationship of any kind, look back at who you want to be again, who you don't want to be again. That's how we grow. This is also a moment to do that, to be aware of 
who you are in the world, to be aware of what you have the capacity to do sometimes and saying, wow, you know, I just realized that I can be a bad friend sometimes. I didn't remember or prioritize my friend's birthday and reaching out. So I want to be aware of that. I, what other relationships might I not be the best friend within? That's where it's a learning moment. How can I be a better friend to everyone in my life? What a great wake-up call. That's also how we get to grow and transform as a result of these relational injuries. Where else might you do that? To whom else might you do that? How can you be better in general? But all of this requires a, an ability to self-reflect and not be defensive or narcissistic. And that's why accountability is awesome. It's not about right or wrong. It's about repairing the relationship. And people get hung up and, but I didn't mean to do it. Or that's not what I meant. Or that's not why it happened. It's like, you're getting defensive and it's about right or wrong. It's step outside of that. You harm someone. You, you, if you care about that person, you want to repair and reconnect. And that's what you should be focusing on. How can we get to that piece? Because betrayals are going to happen. Um, so we then want to look at if we're talking about something like an infidelity or cheating or something that's a more profound injury, because if it's a more general injury, like I forgot your birthday, it doesn't often need a lot of exploration or unpacking for everyone to feel like they understand. But with something that's a, a bigger betrayal, uh, we want to understand why it occurred. What was that a symptom of? Because all of our behavior is driven by something. It's an attempt to do something. It's a symptom of. And especially in affairs, we want to understand why did that occur? Because that's how our partner that maybe we want to stay with will feel safe again. Or if this is someone who we've done some other form of betrayal with, they want to understand why so as to help be part of the solution. So that's the question. Why did it occur and what is the work now? How do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? And again, how we show up in that process. Our attitude, our workability, our vulnerability, our accountability is going to also be a part of helping the other realize this is someone I can continue to have in my life because I know that more of these things, hopefully not to that severity or degree, are going to occur and I need to know that we can work through these things. Which is why I always say to individuals when you're dating, let conflict occur because you get to see how the two of you as a couple deal with conflict and that should help you determine whether or not you should be in a relationship with them. Because if you don't deal with conflict well, it's not going to be a very healthy relationship. So let it, let it, let it occur uh, and see how you work through as individuals. That's, that's the key determinant. Um, so seek that. Um, okay, when we come back, we're going to do some DMs and then we're going to talk about what are the actions that you specifically need to take if you are the person who caused the harm or betrayal, especially if it's an affair or infidelity. But this applies again to any way that we let others around us down. And there's some key things you want to do. So we'll talk about that after we do the DMs. Stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We're back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Love Line IG page. Questions, topics, drop them on in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, me and my partner have been dating for a little less than six months. Last week... She was sending me some sexy photos of herself since she was away on a business trip. And I noticed that she had on a wedding ring in her photo. Oh, snaps. Yep. Uh, oh, man. All right, back to the question. I know she was engaged before me, but I was kind of annoyed that she was resending me photos that weren't meant for me. Is this me being petty? Still kind of bothers me. All right, well, that's a better case scenario than I thought. I thought maybe the route that this was going to go was, turns out she's married. <laughs> Forgot to take off the ring. Um, yeah, let it go and get over it. 
honestly, um, I'm always sending out old photos because I'm too lazy to take new ones or I really like the ones that I have. <laughs> don't be that person. That's like the people that don't want to hear about their partner having dated anyone before them and want to be mean to their exes and want them to take down pictures of their exes off their social media. And it's like people have a history before they meet us. We enter people's lives already having their lives already having been in motion. They've had sex with other people. They've dated other people. We have to acknowledge that and be okay with that. We don't want to bury our heads in the sand around anything that makes us uncomfortable at all costs. No, this person was in a relationship. This person has taken those photos before. Be happy that they are now with you and that they're willing to send them and share them with you. Don't get hung up on that. You're missing the message. This person was thinking of you. This person was centering your pleasure. This person was trying to connect with you. Focus on that. When we get hung up in it being not the right way, not the right kind, not the right time, we're missing the point. You know, so center, center yourself back with this person cares about you. You're with them now. Yes, they resent those photos. Um, you, of course, you have a right to say to them, hey, and again, whenever, whenever I script something or whenever I share with you how something could be presented, always notice my language, but also pay attention to the energy with which I deliver the message. So this is what I want you to say. Hey, that was super hot that you sent me those photos. Thank you for sending that to me because that that's that that makes me know that you want to stay connected with me and that you understand sexuality and sexting is a beautiful way to stay close and connected. And then you can say in the future, it'd be awesome if you also maybe took some new photos, you know, ha ha ha, I noticed your wedding ring was on, so those were old photos, ha ha, I know we all do that, but it would also mean a lot if maybe you took some new ones, so, you know, just, just a thought, because there's no right or wrong in this. They're not wrong, you're not right. It's preferences. You have a preference. You'd prefer that they were new. Again, that doesn't mean that's right. It's just a preference. So remind them of that or tell them that softly and gently. No one did anything wrong. We don't want to shame anyone but it's okay to vocalize a preference. All right, uh, we got time for another one. Hey, Dr. Chris, I'm wondering if this is an actual red flag for a new guy I'm dating or not. We've been together about four months. He has kids with two different people, and I noticed that he's not particularly involved in their lives. I know it's not any of my business, but is it a red flag? I don't know. We need more information. Yes, it's a red flag, but it's not a deal breaker. And that's the distinction. Red flags are things that we need to get more information about or we need to pay attention to and track to see whether or not they're deal breakers. No, that's not a deal breaker because we don't know the backstory. We don't know the context. So you have to ask questions. Always ask questions. Hey, I noticed you're not really a participant in the lives of your other children. Help me understand why. What's that about? Just trying to get to know you, no judgment, because there isn't any judgment. We don't know the reason. But yes, it's allowed to be a red flag, meaning I want to get more information and find out more, because maybe there's something very logical and reasonable as to why that is the case. You know, we don't know. So ask, you know, whenever you have a question, ask. I want people to be part of relationships where there's transparency and vulnerability. And if they have a question, they go directly to the source for the answer, because I don't know what that's about. I don't know why that separation exists, and I don't want to just assume that it means there's something wrong with the character of this person you're with and that they might potentially do that to you as well. You know, you need more information. But yes, I have that same question as well. <laughs> you know, why would someone have a child um, but not be interested in maybe being a part of that child's life and having done that more than once with two separate people? So yes, there's a pattern there. They are the common denominator. 
and I understand your concern, but go to them directly to find out what that's about because I want you to be a part of a relationship that can handle vulnerable, transparent questions like that. So we're literally trying to find out about the actual issue and we're also finding out are we the kind of couple that can ask these kinds of questions and that's important. All right, y'all, we'll be back. Stick around, more to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we're back talking about betrayal, breaking of trust, letting people down. It's going to happen. It's going to happen often. And the work is about us realizing, wow, I did that. Let me take accountability for doing that. Let me be better as a result of that. And let me also round it out and say, and see where else and with whom else might I do this? That's how we show that we're mentally healthy individuals. We don't make it about just defending ourselves because we can't handle being wrong. Um, we, we heal and your intent matters, but so does the impact. It doesn't matter what you meant to do. You harm someone. We don't take it, you know, responsibility for that. So we were also talking about how the core question is, are you there for me? Can I trust you? And how we manage this moment shows that how we process conflict shows the health and sustainability of the individuals and the relationship itself. So it all matters. And, um, we then have to decide that core question after something like this happens. Am I going to release this person off into the world and end our relationship? Or are we going to try to reconnect and renew it? And again, how we manage this as individuals determines, you know, what really should happen around that. But I wanted to talk about, you know, uh, a few things that are actions that can be taken that really start to heal that. Um, and then we'll kind of spend some time talking about trust, rebuilding trust and forgiveness and how that is done. So quickly, the actions you want to take is if we're talking about an infidelity specifically, and again, we'll apply this to some other ways that we can betray individuals in our lives. Uh, but you want to first make sure that the people in your life are friends of the relationship. And that's like an odd clunky way of saying, if the people you're spending time around put your partner down and they don't really respect your relationship, that's not going to be good for your relationship. Um, especially in relationship to some kind of betrayal. You want to have friends that respect your partner in the relationship. And if not, work on that. What is that about? Is your partner in the relationship not worthy of it? Well, then why are you in it? Is it that your friends need to grow up a little bit? Call them out on that. Hey, moving forward, I need you to not talk like that. This is someone who's important to me. I, I went through that. And, and a lot of us do often during breakups, where during breakups, a lot of people actually show their integrity or lack thereof by gossiping or sharing things that was entrusted in them while they were together. But also those around us will sometimes think that we should slam our ex and put them down. That's not okay and that's not cool. And I've had some people do that. Oh, well, you know, we never really liked him anyway. And I'll say, you know what, I'm gonna stop you. I, I loved that person and I still do. And just because we weren't able to pull off a longer term relationship doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong or, or we should talk poorly of them. I don't wanna speak to about them like that. Make sure your friends are friends of the relationship, but especially if you're still together, especially if you're healing a betrayal. Also, you wanna close all the doors and the windows. And that means whatever the methods or routes were that you were being inappropriate, resolve and remove that. If you were opening your DMs, stay out of them. If you were downloading the apps, stay off of them. If you were having inappropriate boundaries, erect better, stronger ones. Whatever the methods were that you were allowing this contact to happen, clean it up. Clean it up. Um, there's also something important, 
and checking in on it. You know, a lot of these things happen. Like another betrayal could be someone maybe relapsing on drugs and alcohol. If you're in a relationship with someone who's in sobriety and they relapse, that can feel like a betrayal. Even though it isn't about you, it impacts you. And maybe they haven't told you that they've been struggling with drugs and alcohol again. Part of the resolve and the healing and moving forward is for them to maybe share with you when they're struggling so you can trust that they'll tell you if and when they relapse so you can be aware and you can help. Part of us feeling like we can trust again and feeling safe is when we're with people who are transparent. You know, it's like I always say, we'll trust someone's yes if we also know they'll tell us no. We'll trust that someone is doing what they need to do if we know that they'll tell us when and if they aren't. And if you don't do that, then I can't just assume or trust that all's going well because you haven't said anything. It's that transparency piece, intimacy building. And so it's this idea of like keeping less secrets. We're allowed to have boundaries and privacy always with, with everyone, but we do not want to keep secrets, especially ones that impact our relationship or this person. And so we want to do check-ins. We want to be more transparent. We want to be more open. That's what a lot of betrayal is really rooted in and thrives in is secrets and lies. And we want to do the opposite. And that's really hard for some people, but we want to do that. So we're expressing our needs openly. We're talking about high risk situations and staying away from them and sharing our you know relationship to that. We aren't keeping secrets. We're checking in on how our sobriety is going. We're sharing how our how we're feeling about our partner now that the infidelity is over. We, we have to do a check-in. We have to let our partner know what's going on with us emotionally so that they can feel safe again. But there's also something important that we need to do after maybe we've harmed a partner, which is also start to express gratitude and compliment more. Work on leaning in versus leaning out. That's also how we can start to resolve some of those hard feelings is starting to be more open with letting them know how much we value them, how much we care about them, how much they mean to us. Um, we want to bring in more good because, you know, we've just kind of really flooded them with a lot of bad. All right. We're going to come back and talk more about that later in the show. We'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. It's questions you got, topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back and drop deeper into. Drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And then past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. But um, stick around. We're going to talk more about re-earning trust important stuff listening to love line with dr chris on channel q and odyssey don't go anywhere y'all we'll be right back all right y'all we're talking about how to rebuild trust how to forgive after some form of relational betrayal which can take many different forms and entry points relapse infidelity not prioritizing um all sorts of things withholding um financial concerns um, there's so many ways that we can break trust and the work in healing and determining whether or not we should reconnect and, and, and renew versus just releasing and moving on is how the offender, I hate that word, but the person who created the issue, how they manage, how accountable they are, how validating they are. And we're talking about some of the actions you take. Um, you, you make sure your friends are supportive of that person or relationship. You close all the doors and windows that were the ways you were kind of maybe engaging in that betrayal. You express your needs more. You keep less secrets. But even bigger than that, you bring in more, more joy and compassion and care. You express gratitude. You compliment more. 
you know, we're working on building that intimacy, that presence and that closeness is very soothing. So if you completely drop the ball and forgot your friend's birthday or forgot your friend's birthday party, we're not being performative, but start being more honest with them when you see them or talk to them about how much they mean to you. Remind them. You know, hey, I had, a lot, I had a lot of fun with you today. I'm really glad we hung out. Still feeling bad about forgetting your birthday, but like you mean a lot to me. You know, today was fun. Bam, healing, compliment, gratitude, letting your partner know how much you love them. Um, also getting back into courtship, which is something I want all people to do if they're in any kind of romantic relationship is always flirting, always attracting, always romancing, but especially after some kind of betrayal occurs. Really, really, really stock up on that have a fridge full of that, the compliments and the gratitude, but also the courtship, still flirting, still romancing. It's how safe safety and trust is built, but it also helps renew. We need that because often that we've drifted from that. Um, also more fun and playfulness. I mean, we just need more of that in general. Okay. So let's say that's happening and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Okay, I'm gonna, I got both feet back in, you know, both of their feet are back in, which PS, really quickly, if you've harmed someone and you have one foot in and one foot out, don't do the repair work if you're not fully committed to being back in. Don't waste the person who has harmed their time. Um, and it'll be more damaging, more traumatic for you to be unsure if you even wanna be a part of that, but you do the healing, reconnecting work anyway, and then later realize you don't want to. It'd be better for you to own I myself, even though I harmed you in some form, I'm not sure if this is a friendship or romantic relationship I still wanna be a part of. At least own that. That's the most healthy, kind thing you can do. Don't mislead them by acting like you're the down for the repair if you actually are and don't want that. That is gonna be re-traumatizing and, and an even larger betrayal that they will then take forward into their other relationships wondering how to trust anyone again and really questioning a lot of different things. So don't do that. You need to have both feet in or the repair work shouldn't happen. You should say, I need some time, put it on pause. Um, but you have to accept who they are. That's the other piece. Okay, so let's say that that all happens and you're like, I got both feet in, they've got both feet in, I, I've taken accountability, I validated, empathized, I'm working on you know, less secrets, I'm expressing gratitude, giving the compliments, and we're, we're working on renewing and reconnecting, awesome. Now we have to work on the trust and the forgiveness. So if you were harmed, Sadly, even though you didn't ask for it, you do have to work on forgiving. And we'll talk about that in a moment. First, we're gonna talk on how we build trust. Drum roll, it's built with experiences and behaviors. And we kind of talked about some of them. Um, you being more present, you complimenting more, you turning towards them, you being more transparent. That's what help, that helps build trust, not going through people's phones, putting a tracker on their car, et cetera, et cetera. That's policing and that's trying to change the structure, but that doesn't help you learn how to trust the person. The relationship does. And so you have to work on relating to them differently. But the going through their phone and the policing and all those other mechanisms are a sign of anxiety and they keep you feeling anxious. And that's also a sign that you actually haven't done the repair work. And that's a sign that you aren't trusting. And that's a sign that you're not really wanting to work on trust. Wanting to work on trust means I'm not going to engage in any of those tactics. I'm going to let go of all of that. And I'm going to hold space for how you show up and what you do. And that's what I'm going to make my decisions based on. I'm going to match my feelings to that. That's what trust is. If you tell me all's well, then I'm going 
going to align my feelings with all as well. And I'm going to make myself feel well. That's, that's what trust looks like. But if I'm still wanting to go through your phone or still going through your phone, then trust has not been built. And we need to go back to how do we rebuild trust? Because that is not how you do it by going through their stuff. And that is not what's going to get you there. It's a sign you're not there and more structural stuff needs to be done, like we just talked about. And maybe it's time for some therapy at that point. But let's say you're, you're like, okay, I'm not going to do all that. I'm going to buy into what they do and what they say as real, and I'm going to respond based on that. Be more invested. We have to be more invested. And we have to work on our friendship again, our deep core friendship. That's what's usually eroded at. I don't necessarily feel good around you. I don't necessarily. So it's that friendship piece. And we're going to talk about how to do the forgiveness in a moment because that's very important. But, that, but the core trust question is like, do you trust them? And, and that's what we're working on. And if not, it, the question is, is it their work or my work? Because if they're doing the work, the person who harmed us, and they're being more transparent and they're closing all the doors and windows, then it's on us to soften and to be more invested and to again, align our feelings with what they're telling us. Are they doing what they say they're gonna do? Do I trust that they're on my side and they're gonna consider me in whatever decision or behavior they engage in? Because historically, obviously they didn't. They didn't think, how will this impact my partner? Because that's the, that's the missing empathy piece, is they just made decisions unilaterally, not thinking like, oh, how will this impact my partner or my relationship? Um, Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about how to, how to do forgiveness. It's not easy, but there are some behavioral things we can do that helps, helps move us further along and towards that. Because what we can't do is say, yes, I'm going to work on this relationship and stay in it, but I'm not going to do my own work, and I'm going to make you and myself miserable. Can't do that. All right, we're going to talk about that when we come back, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us or a topic, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's where they come from. Otherwise, y'all stick around. we got more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back talking about forgiveness. Very hard after a breach of trust or a betrayal. But again, if our partner is doing the work and they're taking accountability and they're validating our feelings and they're building empathy and they are you know, doing the work of removing whatever the problem was and they are uh, more transparent and not keeping secrets and they're leaning in and they're complimenting and they're expressing gratitude, woof. Now it's on us to do our part because again, both parties need to have both feet in. If you have one foot out, then we have to go back to the trust building. But right now we're assuming trust has been built and you're slowly getting there and you're saying, okay, I want to be a part of this. They're doing their work. Now it's on me to work on forgiveness. And often the trust has to be there to be willing to forgive. Otherwise it's dirty forgiveness and we're doing it for the wrong reasons. And we can only forgive truly when we believe that this person is there for us and cares about us and wants to be in this relationship. So they have to do some of that uh, behavioral work. How long does that take? I don't know. It depends on a thousand things. You know, what the betrayal itself was, how we were doing otherwise, your own history with being betrayed and, and relationships to trust. So for some people, it's weeks. Others, it's months. And for some, sadly, it's years. And you have to look at that. You might say, wow, this road is too long and too bumpy. I, I can't do it or I'm not willing to do it. Or maybe I am. Um, that you have to decide on your own or with a therapist. So how do we forgive? Well, it looks like, it looks like us moving back to doing the things that we were doing before the betrayal, the healthy things. Now, if the relationship was problematic before the betrayal, then we're going back even before that. 
But if we used to do Sundays in bed reading the newspaper, maybe that's something you start being open to doing again. That's part of the forgiveness, going back to or moving towards the kind of relationship you want to have. So maybe that was old behavior or that's the behavior you wish you had. And you're going to say, all right, we're going to start to lay in bed on Sundays and just kind of watch TV and read the newspaper together. Or maybe you'll say we did or never did have date night. I miss it or I always wanted that. And now I'm going to be open. And a part of my forgiveness is saying Friday nights, let's start to go to dinner together, go see a movie, go for a walk, whatever it is, you start moving towards what you had that was meaningful or rebuilding what it is you wish you had. But that's an action you take. You put that out there, you initiate that. And that's how you work on forgiveness, kind of getting back on track. It's about reconnecting, reintegrating. Um, you, you slowly let it develop. Maybe you do one thing, one thing again that you used to do or one thing that you wish you had done in that relationship with that friend or that partner and um, you slowly build back in. So again, let's say a friend betrayed you, uh, you know, hasn't been available, blew you off on your birthday and now you're saying, okay, they've apologized, validated, trust is built, I know they care for me. You might say we used to, you know, share memes and I'm gonna start sending them again as a sign of saying we're good, we're moving back towards who we used to be whatever it is, or you might used to invite them to go hiking with you and you say, okay, that's an action I'll start to take in service of rebuilding trust and forgiveness. I'll start to invite them to come with me again. It's a choice you have to make every day. Am I going to move towards the relationship I want or had with them? That's part of the renewing and reconnecting. Otherwise you're working on releasing and then you aren't really working on forgiveness or renewing the relationship you're releasing. If you're leaning away, not reconnecting, not pushing it forward, we have to own that because then it's DOA. We do have to make a decision if we want our behavior to be a movement back towards or a movement away from. And again, if you're seeing yourself leaning away from, you might need to push yourself forward or say to yourself, I have to acknowledge that this maybe isn't something I still want to be a part of. Only you can decide that. I can't make that decision for clients. I can only help them try to unearth and let, let that real, real truth emerge and tell them how we can start to, you know, work on whatever the goals they have. Um, and then finally, after all that, if we all feel very safe and we feel very good, then I do want even the harmed party to look at how might they, if possible, have contributed to that issue or that betrayal arising. Are you a little bit too hard on your friends and you expect too much of them? Would it be good for you to realize that people have busy lives and to maybe drop the bar and the expectations on them a little bit? Um, maybe it's safe for you to realize you weren't always the best partner and you didn't help create the kind of relationship that was worth them taking care of. And so you understand why maybe they disregarded it or cheated and it's not your responsibility by any means, but you're aware that <clears throat> you didn't help create the kind of relationship that was worth them treating better. Like, that's hopefully a landing point you get to where you can look at your role or your part if there is one. And you can say, how can I learn from this as well? Looking back at who we wanna be and who we don't wanna be. That's like the final step after trust is built, forgiveness has happened, and we feel a little bit softer and a little bit soothed is really saying again, like, how is I part of creating that? What can I learn from this? I'm maybe not just a total victim. I might've been complicit in some way or helped create that system in some way. That is an important final step to this. I don't want it just to be, ah, I was victimized. I did nothing. But sometimes that is the truth. Sometimes you have nothing to learn. Sometimes you have done nothing. Sometimes you are not a participant in any way and you were just directly harmed by someone and your side of the street is clean. Fair enough. But sometimes that isn't the case. And we do want to be willing to look at what can we learn from this? Because we are doing it for ourselves. We don't want to continue to create problematic things in our lives. We don't want to continue to be part of the problem. So we do that for ourselves. We want to always be aware how we're impacting and landing on other people. 
And so that's always got to be in there. But usually that has to be done when the feelings have, you know, quieted down a little bit. Um, when we feel a little, a little safer, a little more soothed. All right, coming up next, DMs. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Pa- past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. But we'll be back, y'all, so stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says... Hey, Dr. Chris, my best friend is in a pretty abusive relationship and she knows it. The person attacks me and accuses us of sleeping together. The person has also alienated my best friend from her family and uh, my friend can only hang with me in secret. I've tried so many times to get her to see how controlling this person is. She knows it, recognizes it, but won't change. I don't want to continue to be a secret. I want my best friend back. But I'm afraid if I set that boundary, that she'll really be all alone, and I don't want to leave her in case something bad happens. I agree. I agree. Your your desire to not be a secret is not as important 
or as life-threatening as maybe you exiting this person's life. Let that go. Whether or not your secret really shouldn't have anything to do with your involvement in their life, what do you care? Why does, your, why does it matter whether or not the partner knows of your existence? What is the meaning behind that for you? Let that go. Maybe you're always gonna be a secret. You're, you should care more about the role you play in this person's life and the role they play in your life. You care about them, obviously, so stay connected because you enjoy them. More importantly, you might be the only positive, healthy resource. We don't kick people out of our lives because they're not living in the world in the way we want them to. Yes, I would ideally want everyone in a verbally or physically abusive relationship to leave, but that's not gonna be the case for everyone for a multitude of reasons that we've talked about on other shows and we'll talk about them again as to why everyone doesn't feel empowered or able to leave a problematic relationship. But more importantly, your friendship to them should not be dependent upon whether or not you're a secret to the partner. That has nothing to do with your friendship, as far as I know. And more importantly, you value this person and they value you. When people are struggling, they need us more. We don't kick people out of our lives because they're struggling with drugs and alcohol and relapsing. They need us more. We don't kick people out of our lives because they're in an abusive relationship and it's not safe for them to tell us, to tell them that we're friends. We, we need to stay more and get closer when those things are happening. We don't abandon people when things are difficult. We actually have to get closer and be there more for them. But I know it's hard and I want this person to leave as well. And you might be the only person that's able to reflect that back when they're ready. I wish they were ready now, but sometimes it takes more time. And so it's gonna maybe take a little bit more time. So hang in there with them. Trust me y'all, I wish people would make healthy decisions for themselves. And what happens is when we isolate them because they're relapsing on drugs and alcohol or in an abusive relationship, it actually makes them worse. We know from research that people take better care of themselves when they're being cared for. And this person desperately needs care to come from somewhere. And so you being in their life and reminding them of how awesome they are and that they're of worth and value and that people care about them is going to have more beneficial impact on them deciding that they deserve better than if you were to isolate them, which will decrease their self-worth, and then they will only be impacted by this abusive person who's putting them down, and that will absolutely not motivate them. Same thing with recovery from drugs and alcohol. We don't kick people out of our lives when they're struggling with drugs and alcohol. We don't do tough love anymore. That's how people die. That's how people end up dead and worse off. When people are struggling, they need people in their lives that care for them. And we don't kick people out, we hang in there. They need us more. We have to be better about that. That old science and pop psychology of hard boundaries and tough love, we now know leads, now know leads to people staying longer in abusive relationships and also dying from drugs and alcohol. So we need to update that. There's a lot of problematic misinformation out there because we used to not really have good hard science and now we better understand. So stay closer, stick around, and validate this person's worth and value. You might be the only person that is doing that for them. And I would worry if you exited. And I don't also think that that secret piece is a meaningful enough reason to not be in someone's life within the context of what you told me, you know? Um, but it's hard, trust me, it's very hard to watch someone we care about be a part of something we don't think that's healthy for them. But that's, that's part of life sometimes, you know? We don't get to decide for other people and we don't always know better. Although in an abusive dynamic, you are correct. But outside of that, we don't always know what someone needs, you know? All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got some questions for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to in the DMs, Loveline IG page, and past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's all about that repetition, you know? Gotta build it in. Um, unlearn and lots more to relearn. 
As always, though, thanks for letting me be a part of your journey. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. Drop the bar. More joy, rest, and pleasure. Thanks for hanging out. You enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.